0: Hello and welcome to Gilmore Ball Z, the podcast where I show my wife Dragon Ball Z, she shows me Gilmore Girls, and we try to find some common ground. I'm Grant. And I'm Paige. And this week we watched episode 24 of Dragon Ball Z Kai and season 1 episode 20 of Gilmore Girls. So, Paige, what happened this week on Dragon Ball Z Kai?
1: As usual, a couple things happened on Dragon Ball Z Kai. It started out with Goku still working out on the spaceship as he travels planet Namek. He worked his way up to 20 times Earth gravity, and then later in the episode immediately worked his way up to 50 times Earth gravity. I'm getting back to that. But he also got a message from King Kai, who decided to give us an exposition dump for everything that has happened in the last few episodes, but also let us know that all of Goku's friends who have previously died beat his time coming on Snake Way and are now ready to train with King Kai from beyond the grave. Goku also mentioned that Frieza is the one he's going to fight on planet Namek, and King Kai proceeded to freak out. He freaked out, he told... All of them that he wouldn't train them if they were going to go fight Frieza. He told Goku not to even look at Frieza. And they all decided to ignore him. Meanwhile, uh, just to make a long story slightly shorter, Dende and Krillin are flying to meet the Elder, and that's basically the only thing that happens. They were able to go a little bit faster because Vegeta was distracted. Vegeta was distracted by fighting, let me find it in my notes, because his name was not Captain Planet. Zarbon, who will from now here on out be called Captain Planet. Now, he was fighting Captain Planet, and Captain Planet was very challenged by him. And so Captain Planet, like it was kind of a stalemate deal. So Captain Planet decided to turn into a frogman. Vegeta got beat up by Captain Frogman. Captain Frogman Planet, uh.
0: Captain Frogman Planet. Like a planet is still his surname.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's how military titles go. So, Captain Frogman Planet beats Vegeta into a bloody pulp, but in a great quote, water, water everywhere, but damn it, no sign of a body, cannot find Vegeta's body after he hits it into a lake. So he flies off, assuming that Vegeta is dead. Vegeta is not dead, Vegeta is in fact still alive, and that was this week on Dragon Ball Z Kai. Grant, what happened on Gilmore Girls?
0: Well, since this is the second-to-last episode of the season for Gilmore Girls, you know, we uh, we set a lot of trains coming to a head here. So, uh, this week on Gilmore Girls, a couple things happened. First off, we found out that uh, Lorelai has apparently been having some regular phone calls with Max Medina.
1: That seem not safe for work, but still going on in work environments. Yes,
0: we'll get to that. And uh, he basically says, hey, you know, we've been talking, there was the... The implication of there was that time we did that sex, and now we've been talking, and like, are we officially back together? And if so, like, should we go out on a date? And Lorelai said, sure, let's go on a date. But she hasn't told Rory about any of this. Or Be-
1: anyone else. Or anyone
0: else. But particularly, she hasn't told Rory about any of this, because is still very mopey and grumpy and crabby about Dean. And she doesn't want to rub it in her daughter's face that her love life is going so well. That's a thing. So then Max pulls Rory aside during class.
1: Because, or after class. After
0: class, rather. Yeah, not during class. He's not quite
1: that bad. He's
0: not that terrible. And is basically like, hey, I know you've been going through a tough time. If you need to talk about it, you can talk to me. And so then that's how Rory finds out that he's still talking to her mother and that she's been telling him about her problems. And she's not happy about this. At the same time, like, Lane and Dean are lab partners in science class, and she doesn't tell Rory and, you know, a couple other things. And so Rory gets kind of grumpy and pouty and angry, and she kind of snaps. And she decides that she just doesn't want to deal with it, she doesn't want to be here, and she runs away from home. Uh, she gets in a great big fight with Lorelai and she says, whatever, I'll see you back at home. And then when, Ro- when Lorelai gets home, Rory's not there. And it turns out that she didn't know what to do, so she hopped in a cab and she took a cab all the way to Emily and Richard's. And Emily and Richard welcome her with open arms and, you know, call Lorelei and tell her everything's fine. And Rory stays there f- overnight, goes to school and everything, and basically lives with them for a day. There's, there's a great scene of her eating breakfast before school in Emily and Richard's kitchen, and you get this kind of picture of what Rory's life would be like if Lorelai had made different choices. But I'll, I'll talk more about that later. Uh, but, you know, Lorelai comes back, and, and they talk about it, and she brings Rory home. So, 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 so that all is happening. But on the Lorelai side of things, kind of the B-plot of this episode is that it's Rachel's birthday, and Luke doesn't know what to get for her, and this ends up spiraling into Lorelai buying a bunch of stuff for Luke to try on and everything. And, and yeah, so there's a
1: step in the middle. She buys stuff for Rachel, but then for some indiscernible reason, she buys buys a, a whole bunch of stuff for Luke because they
0: needed to find a reason to contrive that into the plot. She's doing that, and so that was a whole thing where she's like getting weirdly close with Luke and Rachel kind of sees it and we see some internal processing from Rachel that I'm sure is going to be important in the finale because it looks like Rachel's kind of still picking up the the weird vibes that are going on between Lorelai and Luke.
1: That Luke and Lorelai are setting down.
0: That, that they, They're definitely setting down those vibes and Rachel's picking them up. After Rory run, runs away, Lorelai and Luke are, are talking about... About, about Dean. Dean. Yeah, they, about they, they get into kind of a, a little bit of a snipe fest about Dean and this culminates into Lorelai barging into the market and acc- verbally accosting Dean in, in public.
1: Workplaces are not respected in this episode.
0: Workplaces are really not respected in this episode. Uh, and so it, basically it comes out that Dean tells Lorelei the circumstances of his and Rory's breakup, that he said, I love you, and she didn't say anything back. And so when she fully understands it, when Lorelai goes back to talk to Rory about it, you know, she kind of realizes this is partially my own fault because I've never really modeled healthy romantic relationships, and she has her own commitment issues and everything, and she doesn't want to pass that down to Rory. So they have, you know, kind of a very stereotypical conversation of, like, when you finally love someone, it will be to, beautiful.
1: I want you to be able to tell him. And
0: I want it to be great for you. Like, they have that conversation, but they they patch things up more or less. And that's pretty much the episode.
1: Yeah, what yeah. did you what did you think of it?
0: And you know, I actually really like this episode. There were there were things about it I didn't like. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm never a fan of Max Medina. No, uh, this is the episode where I think it was most apparent that Lane is actually played by like a thirty something year old Korean woman. She was
1: twenty eight. Twenty
0: eight. Okay, she. I just know she was closer to Lauren Graham's age than Alexis Bledel's.
1: Yeah, I mean. A lot of people were, but it's true. But it's, I think uh, Liza Wh- Wheel, who plays Paris, was like 24.
0: It's most apparent for Lane, though. It's most apparent for Lane, and I know though. it only gets more apparent as the as the show goes on. A lot of the touchy feely stuff was a little hammy. Lorelai's sort of manic episodes were sort of weird logical jumps. I was buying... It's it's something the writers forgot what the plot of the episode was partway through of like, you're supposed to go buy stuff for Rachel, but I bought a bunch of stuff for Luke, because I love shopping. Like, I don't know. Lorelai... Yeah,
1: she was manic this entire episode. Lorelai
0: felt a little unrealistically manic, but there were a lot of things I really, really enjoyed about this episode... The characters' motivations were genuine, and there were a lot of good character moments. There there was some top-notch Richard this episode. Yeah,
1: there were a couple times where you laughed out loud.
0: Yeah, no. uh, As usual, Richard ended up totally stealing the show. Uh, When Rory arrives at the house, Emily and Richard are about to go out to some gala, fundraiser for some...
1: Horticultural society.
0: Yeah, that that Richard does not want to go to. (laughs) Mm. And so he's being snarky the whole time, which was great, and... I I really 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 enjoyed that that breakfast scene. Mm-hmm. Cuz in a vacuum it was a pretty mundane scene, but with the, with all of the context we've built up over the course of the season, it was fascinating to see that like this is what Rory's life would be like if Lorelai hadn't run away. Yeah. And more importantly, this is what Lorelai's life would have been like if she had been an easy quote-unquote easier child. Yeah,
1: no, it's watching Emily Have the kid she wished she had.
0: Yeah. And Emily just sort of having this moment of, like, she didn't want to be around her mother, so she came here. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like, I have a child now.
1: But it's also passively, aggressively triumphant because these things can't be nice with Emily.
0: No, these things can never be truly nice with Emily. But I really loved, like, that scene because so many of the great scenes in the show so far have been dramatic and emotional, and I love those, but I like that we've gotten a good, just kind of quiet scene that still is really poignant.
1: I have a question about one of your notes here. Uh Uh-huh. You have an all-cap SOMEBODY TELL, and then Lorelai is crossed out, and then Suki is crossed out, and then Luke is crossed out. What is this note?
0: I became increasingly frustrated at the, near the end of the episode, because there's an extended scene of Emily and Richard and Rory talking in the yes. living room. And I kept, I kept wanting to, like, grab Emily and shake her and say, Be call, a parent. Yeah, call Lorelai. Call
1: Lorelai. Lorelai
0: is probably worried sick right now. Call her. But then she did call Lorelai, so I crossed that out. So then we, cut, we get to Lorelai. <laughs> talking to Max. Talking to Max and Suki. And they're in crisis mode. And Suki runs out to go try to track down Dean and find out if he knows where Rory is. And then she gets the call from Emily. So then she calms down. And then Lorelai and Max have this scene that they're talking about their relationship and why haven't you told anybody about us and all of that stuff. And so they can... Somebody tell Suki so she's not running around like a mad woman in the streets trying to find Rory. And then I realized that at no point in any of this has she called Luke.
1: No, Luke is not called here.
0: And Luke sh- Luke should know because Luke would be helpful and Luke would care, mm-hmm. so somebody tell Luke. So this was the ending was a lot of people not telling people things. Yeah, uh, so I think that's that, that's pretty much my my thoughts on the episode. What did you think of this week's Dragon Ball Z Kai?
1: The fighting was really good. I I will say, the fighting, uh, Captain Planet fighting Vegeta was fun. And there were some good one-liners. I legitimately liked water, water, everywhere, but damn it, no sign of a body. Because (laughs) it's just a terrible line. It's it's
0: a really awful line. It's a really
1: terrible line. Um, Vegeta
0: had a couple good one-liners, too. Just like when he just shows up and goes, yo. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and he argues. He says that Kushball uh, would would ar- agree with me if he wasn't dead. <laughs> yeah, was like that Dodoria
0: would agree if he wasn't dead.
1: It, you know that Taylor Swift song where she's like, <laughs> "The old Taylor can't come to the phone now. Why? Because she's dead." And like, I just like kind of imagine her and Vegeta high fiving <laughs> each other and then just like going off to their respective duties. But there are still the things that frustrate me. Uh, We got a one line of world building about Namek from Dende about how Namek apparently has three suns, so it doesn't have any nighttime. And it just reminded me how much world building there could be on Namek that we don't get. Um, But the other thing that really bothered me, there are two things actually. One is in this episode, and I'll have some questions about this in a minute. The problem with abridging, like the abridging was sloppier in Mm -hmm. this episode of Kai than it normally is. And the other thing is that there was just a huge expo dump at the beginning. And it really wasn't clear why it was happening now. At the beginning of the episode, King Kai calls Goku to let him know that all the guys who came on Snake Way are there. All his dead friends are with him. But they also just spend like five minutes hashing over everything that's happened so far. And this show so far has been pretty good about leaving the last time on Dragon Ball Z in the last time on Dragon Ball Z openers. And not in the content of the episode. And I'm not sure why they kept that. Can I transition into questions, actually? Uh,
0: yeah. I, I actually, I'm kind of surprised that you, you didn't like this one as much, because I feel like this has everything that you usually like in Dragon Ball. Because the the punching was varied and interesting. The
1: punching was interesting. We
0: got some world building. We got some world building. And we got some, like, some interesting moments with the characters. This is the first time we've really seen Vegeta be afraid. Yeah. And we got, like, a a nice moment of camaraderie between Goku and Piccolo when they were talking via King Kai. We got some nice character moments in this episode. I'm all for
1: Goku being bros with Piccolo. It was just
0: sloppy. I I can see what you mean the execution wasn't great. I'm just surprised. Just like how you were surprised I liked the last episode, or a couple episodes ago, of Gilmore Girls. I'm all surprised you weren't more about this episode of Dragon Ball Z. Anyway, uh, you have questions.
1: Yeah. First of all, can I get a cheat sheet on what Dragon Balls can and can't do? Because apparently they can bring you back from the dead and they can make you immortal, but they can't do a couple other things. And so how strong whoever made the Dragon Balls is, I know that that's what they're based on, but I want a cheat sheet. I want a cheat sheet for Dragon Balls. So what
0: specifically in this episode confused you?
1: I forget if there's anything, but being able to make someone immortal seems like a pretty high level of power to have. So is that... Like, could anyone on Namek make anyone else immortal? I guess. Okay, then why murder all the Namekians?
0: Well, I mean, anybody could make Dragon Balls that could make people immortal, but Namek just has the one set of Dragon Balls. Okay. And probably not anybody. You get the vibe that Kami and Guru are both probably pretty powerful. But, yeah, no, that's that's a thing that Dragon Balls can do.
1: Okay, I want a cheat sheet.
0: Okay, I mean, basically, make you immortal, bring you back to life... How many times it can bring you back to life depends on the power of the Dragon Balls. Number of wishes also depends on the power of the Dragon Balls. And in general, killing people is a no-no.
1: So killing people is less powerful than making someone immortal. So Goku's killed people and Vegeta's killed people. Can they make each other immortal?
0: No, because they can't make Dragon Balls.
1: There's something to say, there's a disconnect still between why you can make a dragon that can make people immortal, but why you can't just make someone immortal without a dragon in the middle. No one can see you shrug over the mic, dear.
0: <laughs> speed force, I don't gotta explain shit.
1: Okay, Um. why did we get a King Kai Expo dump?
0: And that's a great question. If I had to guess, it's probably just because uh, that is the first scene where it is apparent that Yamcha and Tien, Piccolo, and Chaozu have shown up on King Kai's planet, and there really wasn't enough in that scene to cut around to actually make a coherent scene. So otherwise it would have ended up being like Bulma's capsule house, where just suddenly Piccolo and Yamcha and everybody are on King Kai's planet, and then you'd be even more confused, like, wait, when did they get there?
1: Okay, there was also,
0: like... And yeah. also, I mean, it, it it is good to occasionally do that if... People have missed episodes, or... I mean, th- this is marketed towards children that might not be following the plot. So, you know, you, you, sometimes you put in an expo dump.
1: If the children aren't following the plot, do they care about an expo dump? Probably not. Okay, these ones but are... We got some,
0: but we got some Choice King Kai faces, so yeah. I think it was worth it.
1: This is more of a complaint than anything. As I said, the cutting of Kai was weird this episode. Okay. One thing that was weird that... It's like... It's fine, but I think it made more sense in the original series. King Kai mentions when he calls Goku that it took a month less for his friends to come down Snake Way than it ma- took him to come.
0: Did he specifically say a month less? I think it was.
1: I think that was it. It was something. I think in, he. Just,
0: I think he just said it was a fraction of the time.
1: Something he, but he alluded to it being quicker. If anyone's listening and remembers specifically, comment. In the original series, it sounds like there was a lot of stuff that got cut. That was like uh, the home for infinite losers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: some lady, the
0: princess snake, yeah,
1: sure. Uh, those are the two big ones. The two big ones, and those explain how Goku lost time. And this one, it's just Goku's getting there as quickly as he can. So there's really no reason that Yamcha could get there quicker than Goku, and that's just weird.
0: Well, here's the thing, though. You got to so so here we here we got to get into we got to get into Dragon Ball math. Okay. Right? So the Cybermen yep. are as strong as Raditz. That was explicitly stated when Nappa grew a Cyberman. Yep. So now that means we have a baseline to work off of. Okay. So we're going to do the kind of math that you're not supposed to do in Dragon Ball. Yeah,
1: please don't do this math. This math is going to make me sad because I feel like this math moves.
0: No, This math definitely moves. But for now, the math is relatively stable. It's not going to be for long. But the math is still relatively stable. So one Cyberman equals one Raditz. Right, Good. Goku and Piccolo had to team up to even have a chance at beating Raditz, and even then they only beat him because Goku got himself killed in the process. Yep. So at the time of his death, Goku was weaker than a Cyberman. man. Considerably so. I mean, Raditz mopped, Raditz mopped the floor with him. Yeah. Yamcha, at the time that Nappa and Vegeta showed up, was able to hold his own against a Cyberman. man. He defeated the Cyberman man in combat. The only reason he died was because it got the drop on him and self-destructed. Yeah. So Yamcha, at the, at the time of his death was stronger than Goku at the time of his death. The point is, they had all become stronger in that year that took the Saiyans to arrive to the point that they were all stronger than Goku was at the time of his death. So it makes sense that the four of them could clear Snake Way faster than Goku did. If Goku were to do Snake Way now, he'd clear it even faster than that.
1: Although he'd also clear it faster if he didn't get distracted by... Censored hell for children?
0: Yes, he would also do that.
1: So I feel like that is something that's lost by watching the abridged version. The other thing, I'm I'm sure this will make our friend Jessica happy, but the other thing is in the course of the conversation, Goku at the beginning of the episode is training at 20 times Earth gravity. He ratchets up to 30 and then he gets a call from King Kai. And he's talking about how crazy the gravity he's like working at is. And then at the end of the conversation, he's like, well, better ratchet it up to 50. So in the course of a single conversation, he trains up from 20 times gravity to 50 times gravity.
0: That's Goku math. <laughs>
1: That's Goku.
0: That's just Goku.
1: Why does Vegeta hate Captain Planet?
0: Because he's a dick.
1: Captain Planet or Vegeta? Yes. Because he's super jazzed to beat up Zarbon.
0: Well, he's super jazzed to beat up Zarbon because Zarbon... The vibe that you get is there there were definitely some tears going on. There was a pecking order. And it was Vegeta, then Kui, then Dodoria, then Zarbon. Then Paris. Then the Ginyu Force, we haven't gotten into yet, but the Ginyu Force. And then Frieza. And
1: then Paris. And then
0: Paris, yes. So Vegeta got kind of picked on by Kui... And you can, you can get that vibe he probably was working with Dodoria and Zarbon relatively frequently as well. And so and so Do- Dodoria and Zarbon were probably both also just kind of jerks to him all the time. And yeah, like, Zarbon, you don't need to get, to get that much characterization for Zarbon to understand why anybody would hate him. He's just, he's a pretentious pretty boy who's also actually really powerful, so he has kind of a reason to be so full of himself. And is dismissive of everybody all the time. So, yeah, I would enjoy punching him in his stupid face when I got the opportunity to.
1: So, Grant, do you have any questions about Gilmore Girls?
0: Um, yeah, I have some questions about Gilmore Girls. For one, all right, so when we first see Lorelai and Max Medina talking on the phone, he's in the teacher's lounge Yeah. while they're having their conversation. And the teacher's lounge is apparently, like, some kind of very Baroque library.
1: Apparently. What the
0: fuck kind of teacher's lounge is that? There's there's no table to sit down at? There's no fridge? Where did the teachers put their lunch?
1: There was no fridges in the 90s, moving on. What well, just, I mean, early like, it's the, I'm in the
0: teacher's lunch. No, you're not. You're in the fucking library, dude. Chill out. When is Rory's English class?
1: Oh, I have no idea. Don't try to keep track of the schedules.
0: Because it was at the beginning of the day when they did the teacher, parent-teacher day, but now it's apparently her last class because she needed to make it to the bus when Max Medina was was interrogating her.
1: Maybe they have one too many classes for the schedule, so they cycle.
0: Oh. Oh, you have any bad flashbacks to the Pennsylvania school system. Yeah. Um, another Max Medina-related question. Yeah. How is he so utterly clueless?
1: About Lorelai not really caring?
0: About Lorelai not really caring, about how maybe he shouldn't talk to one of his students about her personal life, about how, you know he should be a little more discreet when talking to said student about the fact that he's dating her mother. Um,
1: wait till you get to next
0: episode is my answer. About how when is freaking out about Rory being missing, his response is calm down, basically.
1: Yeah, just wait till you get to next episode.
0: Like, he just he's just not on the ball. Then just basic Chilton being the worst school in America stuff. Uh, yeah. He tells Rory that her assignment for the week... Is to write a report
1: on a book
0: on a book that's by Henry it. James. Henry James. It's all. All he no gives her. No word
1: count. No thesis. No. no. He gives
0: her absolutely nothing to go off of.
1: And this is a whole class. It's not just Rory. Yeah. And it's never in a paper or anything. There's no handout.
0: No. There's no handout. He trusts. He trusts students to remember all of their assignments and to work with vague assignment descriptions, which just no. That's not going to work. Yeah, and then also, obviously, Worst School in America, the whole conversation he has with her after class is just not great. But can we talk about sort of the unrealistic standards for how easy it is to be emotionally supportive they give Max Medina in this episode? Because after she knows Rory's safe, he basically is like, everything will be fine, she'll come home, and it'll be all be okay. And she goes, you're so good at comforting me. And everything's fine after that, which is just like okay, maybe don't put the message out there that anybody is that easy to comfort out of a crisis situation. This is how we end up in situations where you know you just you think that just telling somebody to calm down is going to make it better.
1: I I will make an argument for it, and it's kind of hard to make just because they have been on and off again in dating, but they are still in the early phases of a relationship, and Lorelai is not the most mature in her expectations for relationships. And I know when I've been in the early stages of relationships, all two of them, I am much easier to calm down. Where, I mean, you can can agree with this. I suppose. At, At that stage, you're just glad that someone is there and cares about you, and you think they're so super awesome anyway because you just started dating them that... Basically, they could just come in and fart and leave, and that is considered highly, highly kind.
0: Man, yeah, I should have been taking advantage of that.
1: No, you shouldn't have. That's why
0: you're still here. I should have been start doing that sooner. Um, I think those are all of my questions and conspiracy theories for this week. So, do we want to swap anybody in this episode?
1: I don't want to swap anyone from the two shows. I just want to swap Jared Padalecki with the little puppy dog. You just want... Because he's so little. He was like, pretty little in this he's episode. He's so little and flopsy and confused and sad. He was so cute. And not like in an attractive way. I just want to scoop him up and take him home in my pocket. <laughs> what about you? Oh,
0: geez. Um, I want to take Piccolo. I want to swap Piccolo. Because we haven't seen much Piccolo lately. No. On, on account of him being dead.
1: On account of him being dead.
0: I want to swap Piccolo and Richard in this episode. <laughs>
1: Okay, Exp- I like where this is going. Expand. So,
0: I want Piccolo to be at the house when Rory arrives, having run away from home. And I want Piccolo to be berating Rory about how she is weak, and she should be able to handle this, and running away from your problems isn't going to solve them, and and just sort of being the kind of harsh best dad that he is. Didn't throwing that deer at you teach you anything. <laughs> Piccolo, (laughs) look!
1: Rory's here! How nice!
0: (laughs) As long as I have to go to this damn party. Fine, I guess. And then at the same time, put Richard on King Kai's planet, reading the paper, and King Kai, but Goku's on his way to Namek, and there's Frieza there, and he's even stronger than anybody you've ever met, and he's gonna destroy everything! He's like, "Mm mm-hmm, that sounds very interesting. Oh, well, that's... Everything's going to hell in a handbasket, as always, at least you can rely on that, (laughs) and just casually reading the paper while being recounted with this delightful story of action and adventure that's been happening, and him just being delighted by it. That's what I want to see swapped.
1: That's what you want to see swapped? Yes. Okay, so I think that's most of what we have for this week. We are almost done with season one of Gilmore Girls, Dragon Ball Z Kai, and this podcast, so... Next week, there's going to be a finale. Uh, It might be a little longer than the standard episode, but it'll have some good stuff. And then after that, I think we might have a mid-season break episode. Uh, There will be no pause in episodes being released, but we're going to give our thoughts for the first season as a whole. Yeah,
0: sort of a season retrospective, if you will.
1: For our reviewers, uh, if you've already submitted a review, we'll probably give you a shout out in that episode because we are really grateful. And speaking of reviews, where can you, where can you do that, Grant?
0: Uh, you, can, you can review us just about anywhere on the internet. Uh, on Facebook, we're on Gilmore Ball Z. Email, uh, Gilmore Z at gmail.com. Our WordPress is gilmoreballz.wordpress.com. We're on Twitter, at Gilmore Ball Z. We also have a subreddit, which is Z. We post all of our episodes there, so feel free to comment on any of those posts or post yourself. And you can rate us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Facebook, uh, just about anywhere you get your podcasts, anywhere on the internet.
1: Just uh, not Yelp.
0: Uh, hey, if you want to rate us on Yelp, uh, shout into the streets, whatever floats your boat. Either way, we really appreciate you listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week for the season finale. So, will Rory talk to Dean? Will Paige ever understand Goku's workout regimen? And will we have to deal with Max Medina for another season? Find out next time on the season finale of Gilmore Ball Z!